Welcome to the Journey Living Podcast, where we take on the real life topics while inspiring you toward hope and healing in God's Word. Join Pastor Mark Bird along with speaker, Christian life coach, Shannon Meyer, as they guide you through a roadmap, gaining fresh vision and inspiration for going forward on your journey, encouraging you to run your race with endurance that is set before you. Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to Journey Living, another exciting episode. Uh, joined with me today is Shannon Meyer, and I'm Mark Bird. I'm your host today. We're excited that you've tuned in to listen to this Journey Living, literally, because this life that we're on is a journey indeed, and we're unpacking and discovering some things through God's Word and some some harsh realities, some harsh truths, but also in the same token, Shannon, we're discovering some things that we can hold on to, some great and precious promises that the Lord has shared with us. Amen, amen. It's good to be back today, and I hope you all are nestled in if you're in the northern parts of North America, and you know, January's an often fun time, but cold time and chilly. And so maybe you've nestled in for the winter and you just need a good Bible study. You need some verses to hang on to. And with the new year just turning over, and we hope you joined us last week because God's mercies are new every morning. And Mark, I think you talked about that a little bit last week, but today I want to just talk about how today, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Yes. Maybe. 32, 52, or 72. Man, I've got a lot of days under my belt. But I want to talk today about how good those mercies are and that every morning they are new to us. And no matter what yesterday, last year, last month brought you, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And as we talked about last week even, you brought it up in Lamentations 3.22. It says, God's mercies are new every morning. Mm. But if you go through that whole set of verses, it's 22 and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So for somebody today who just needs to hear that God loves you, and maybe you feel like, man, I just want to check out. I'm done. I don't need another first day of the rest of my life. Just want this life to be over. Mm, yes. Listen to this, that God is merciful and that his love never ceases. And it's there that it says, after that, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What a thing to cling on to, right? Isn't that great for the new year, Mark? It, it is, Shannon. I know just many of us maybe want to do over, reset, or refocus. And so today's question is, where do you want to start over? Maybe you need a do-over. Where is it? Is it in your relationship? Is it in a conversation that you had that you're like, man, I wish I could go back and take that. It's kind of like toothpaste. Once it's out, you can't put it back in. Right. <laughs> Maybe you started a job opportunity or you had this brilliant idea and now you're knee deep in it and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I want this to be over. How do I backpedal? <laughs> How can I make this the first day of the rest of my life despite the poor choices I've made? despite what circumstances have been handed to me, and despite even if it's right in the middle of God's will, no matter how hard that is, what does this day, today, look like for you? Shannon, it's almost as if 
you set up the segue, and I know you didn't. I think that's one interesting thing to share, Shannon. We don't rehearse any of this uh-huh. stuff, right? It's just all spirit-led because it's the journey right? that we're living. But uh, you kind of led me right into this uh, Psalm 51. And as you're talking about mercy, you know, I want you to hear this cry to God for mercy from the very famous and popular King David, right out of Psalm 51. And he says in verse one, have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. What I want people to know and understand in this, okay, it sounds like a beautiful prayer, doesn't it, Shannon? Yes. Like, wow, that's so me. So like, spiritual. if I could, yeah, it is so spiritual. So but yet, where was David in the midst of this when he prayed this? Like, you think this mighty man of God, mighty man of faith, you know, the king of Israel. And yet, here's David just after he was caught in sin. He was caught in the sin of adultery and and murder, and yet he prays this prayer. Why? Why is he able to pray this prayer and asking God for mercy? Because he knew that God is the giver of mercy. I love that. That is so powerful. And I think often in our shame, we turn away from God and say, I can't go to him. I can't start over. God won't even have me. Maybe we've had parents that have held against you. Maybe there's somebody here today that's listening that's um, said their parents have said, hey, you made your bed, lie in it. Mm, yeah. And and that haunts us and that can be very damaging. But our God in heaven does not say that to you. He says, I will forgive you. Matter of fact, a destination. He said, I will remember your sins no, no more. more. And the far as the east is to the west or to the depths of the sea. That is a decision. That is a decision that God makes in a destination that he chooses not to remember that. I'm thinking in uh, Lamentations, that is a book that is really funeral songs. Right. And they think probably that Jeremiah was the author, but he was grieving over the destruction of Jerusalem. Right. And it's here that he says this verse, even in the midst as he's writing these lamenting songs where he's just crying out and he's just... I know for women, we're awful emotional, and sometimes we just sit and cry ourselves (laughs) to to pieces. And it's in that lying in your sadness and your sorrow where he says, but God's mercies are new every morning. Mm. He is choosing to find God's goodness in the destruction, in the sadness, in the sorrow. So maybe you need to think today, it's gone. It's gone. I've blown it. I've made poor choices. Somebody else made a poor choice. Maybe your husband's left you today over the holidays and left you with the mess, the muck, and the mire. And you're like, where do I start over? And how could God's mercy be new every morning? This is one of those verses that when you go to bed at the end of a very terrible day, it is the one thing you can look forward to. If he gives life to your lungs, that his mercies will be new in eight hours for you to start over again. That's so good. And you know, uh, I have to be honest, Shannon, as I'm listening to all of this and thinking through uh, in places that I've even been in, like even as a Christian places that I've been in, and I hear things like, this is the first day, this is a new day, this is new life and all that. And I, my flesh, and it screams out, well, no, this is the 200th time I've done this. And like, surely God's running out 
of patience. Mm -hmm. Surely God's sick and tired of me. Because as you said, we have family members and loved ones that tell us, you know what? You made your bed. You got to lie in it. And you know what? That makes us, and it paints a picture of thinking about our Heavenly Father. But yet, Shannon, the truth is that he is absolutely not that way at all. Because if he casts our sins as far as the east is to the west, and he says at the end of that, and your sins will I remember no more. So when the enemy throws our past and our sins up in our face, and we bring them up before God, God's like, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of Psalm 42, where it says, Why are you downcast, oh, mm, my soul? And, and that is a, such a familiar verse to so many of us. But I think God is asking us that question with Lamentations 3. Why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Because my mercies are new tomorrow for you. But it goes on to say, so why be disturbed within me? Why am I so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. Again, this is um, the director of music, Amaskell. In David, in this, the writer of Psalms, is, is just crying out. He's talking to himself. I don't know about you, Mark, but I yeah. get a lot of self-talk. <laughs> yeah, we have to. Why are we? So why am I so downcast today? I've got so many things. But I think in a day and age where we talked a little bit about this last week, the compounding effect of covid the financial crisis, just layer upon layer upon layer. Um, I'm just thinking about where even in Psalm 41, it says, blessed is he who has regard for the weak, for Ooh, the Lord delivers him in his times of trouble. Yes. Maybe you're facing great trouble today. And yes, it is a new year. And yes, we're excited that the calendar has changed. And you're like, yeah, I do want to reset and refocus. But again, in the, in the morning, maybe you have to wake up and look right in the eye yeah. of the demon that haunts you. That's right. The empty side of your bed where your husband or wife has left you. You have to wake up in the morning and look at the money that's not there. How do we, how do we get through that, Mark? How do we hold on to God's mercies are new every morning when everything else looks so depleted? Yeah, and I think, Shannon, it's really a shift of where our eyes are. Uh, you know, I had a, a friend of mine that we used to have this saying, if your eyes are in California, that's where your mind's going to be and that's where your heart's going to be. So wherever your eyes go, the rest of you follow. And you know what's interesting about this? Because it's a lot about the eyes and what happens and where our eyes are focused. Shannon, I'll be honest with you, because I've dealt with this myself uh, when my eyes are looking back at me, like if I'm looking in the mirror <laughs> and I start to bellyache and complain, just like the Israelites did, and it's because my eyes are not anywhere looking for the Savior. But I want to take us to Hebrews chapter 4 for a moment. Starting in verse 14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And verse 16 is where I want to land in this today, Shannon. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace 
to help us in the time of need. And I know our flesh, this is what our flesh cries out or or even begins to think when we hear this, Shannon, but I can't come boldly to God because I'm a wretch. I'm a filthy, rotten sinner. All those things that the, the enemy lies to us about. But yet I look at the backside of this verse, Shannon, and I say, well, do I want to obtain mercy and do I want to find grace to help me in my time of need? Mm-hmm. Well, then the scripture's telling me I must come boldly to the throne of grace because of that high priest, Jesus. I love that. And I think I was going to say the same. My Bible says come in confidence. And my question was going to be, how do we get the confidence? How do we get that bold, courageous spirit to come when we just know how wretched we are? But it was in Isaiah 1 that was brought to me, um, verse 8, that says, come now. Mm. Come now, let us reason together, together, says the Lord. So God is saying, hey, come here. I want to talk to you. I want to reason with you. It goes on to say, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as As snow. snow. And so our boldness and our confidence can be in that Jesus is saying, listen, come here. I want to talk to you. I know you are in sin. But listen, your sins that you think are so horrible, and I somebody get this because I can just feel the person saying, you don't know what I've done. Right. You're right. I don't know what you've done, and you don't know what I've done, and none of us are worthy or deserving of anything that the Lord did for us. But it says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. I got to stop right there. And I'm like, well, how can you even make them yeah, white right. as snow? Because I'm such an analytical thinker. I need the who, what, when, where, and why God. <laughs> he says, though they are red as crimson, they mm. shall be like wool. And here's the here's the, the linchpin or the, the hinge to this. It says, if you are willing and obedient... Ooh. And will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What he is saying here is, listen, if you're being, if you're willing to be obedient and do it my way and not rebel against me and take in what is his best, you know, bread of life. He's talking about eating here. Right. But it's, what are you ingesting? What are you believing in your mind? What are you believing in your heart? Because he's like, listen, go up a couple verses to eight. I know you don't understand, but I want to sit down and talk to you. I want to reason with you that even though your sins have made you who you are right now, I have come and I want to show you that though they look like they are red and scarlet as the blood that has been shed, they are pure and white um, in my eyes. And I, I remember doing a speaking engagement one time, Mark, where I just put this huge white fleece over my head, oh, my wow. whole body, um, just this big white fleece from head to toe. And I remember sharing this with women saying, we think when we talk to God. He sees all of our dirt and our wretchedness. And I put this over us and I show this as a visual that this is what God sees. It's kind of like new fallen white snow. Mm. You know how beautiful it is, especially in the January months that we're in. You know, when it's first found snowfall, it's so gorgeous and it's uninterrupted. It's like at 4.30 in the morning, if you ever look out and there's not a tire track, you know, the streetlights may just be making it glisten. That is what God sees. Oh my. He does not see 
the noontime mud snowplow, <laughs> you know, the oil yes. spills, the salt. He sees you as that new fallen snow or that fleece that I covered over my head and my body. I know, and I can't get my head around it. So I'm not here to say, this is how you do it. This is the formula. Other than I love what Isaiah 1 verse 8 says, come now. He's inviting me to come and let's reason together. So good. i got to stop there and say, why does God even want to sit down and try to reason with me? Right. <laughs> I mean, Amen. Because he's the father. He's the one in control and on the throne. And why really does he have to even tell me or try to reason with me? I mean, I should just believe what he says. But he even cares enough to say, listen, come here. I want you to know, I want you to reason, I want you to understand that although you think your sins are the scarlet, red, filthy rags, I see them as this white as snow, like as wool. So maybe this winter as you're dreading the fallen snow, I, I love a good snowfall, but about, oh, about February, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> the Ohio months, I'm like, okay, that's enough. We can have it for Christmas and New Year's and then it's time to go. Maybe you just need to step outside of an early morning or maybe one o'clock in the morning, new fallen snow and nothing has interrupted it. And think of yourself there. That is how God sees you because Jesus has covered you with his pureness and, and just glory of that purest white form of glistening goodness of what only Jesus could do. Yeah, you know, I just saw this picture, Shannon, when you were talking about that. And, you know, it says, though your sins are as scarlet, yet I will make them white as snow. And you talk about that fresh snowfall. So let's say there was a big red spill in the middle of your driveway or your yard and it began to snow and it began to snow and it began to snow. And then we say, but I know, but I know there's this ugly red stain underneath there. And the Lord looks and says, I don't see it. Hmm. I don't, I, what are you talking about? I don't see it. Yeah. yeah, I've covered that sin. Isn't that amazing? How do we get our head wrapped up? Oh my, only by God's help and yeah. God's grace. And I, I love that, come now and reason. It's kind of like your mm. grandma saying, come come over here. And you know how you're, if your grandmother, I had a great relationship with my grandma, just her soft hands, and you know, she would draw you in. And it was just there that it's that loving, come here. I, I want to explain to you. I want to show you. I know you don't understand. And for many of us, it's hard for us to even get that concept that we would have a heavenly father that loves us. That right. Much. Because all we do is look at, and the enemy is there so quick to remind us of all the wrong we've done. But God is saying, listen, I took care of that on the cross. I don't even see that. And it's um, there in the crucifixion of Jesus. So many people say our sin put Jesus on the cross. That is not no, true. No. It is his love. Yes. Kept him on the cross for our sin. It was not our sin that nailed him there. I, I know that's a misconception and maybe you've been taught that. It is nothing but his love because it's there that he even cries out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. Those who are piercing him, those who are nailing him to the cross, he knows they're sinning. And yet he's still crying out saying, Father, forgive them. So I think what maybe if you've been raised in a legalistic church or this law-abiding religion that you mess up, I'm throwing a lightning bolt, you step out of line. <laughs> right, And Shannon. there's teachings like that that can Truly. destroy a spiritual journey. 
And it's taken me many years to just know that God is a loving Father who loves me for who I am and and pardons my sin. Now, does he allow us to stay in that? No. It says in verse 19 of Isaiah 1, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. So you have to ask yourself, this being the first day of the rest of your life, do you want this to be your best? Yes. This is a question. We're going to pose questions all throughout the year for you to take away each week. Right. Do you want the best? Then you're going to have to be willing and obedient to do it his way. It says, but if you resist, you'll be devoured. And you know, Shannon, I'm reminded, and I know you'll amen this, but there's no shortcuts. Like, Shannon, you or I don't get a shortcut to God. Oh, no. <laughs> like It's like you have to do it his way. There are no shortcuts. It's his way or the highway, or really there is no highway. Amen. No, I, I'm often, and I know we, we talk about just the hardship of ministry, and ministry is very messy. And those who are called, and we all are ministers, so don't think that just because Mark has a platform or I have a platform, you're not a minister. Listen, mamas who are listening, you are. Yes. You are a minister to that little tribe at your house. Grandmas, if you... I'm a Mimi now, so I understand <laughs> the difference of how important because my girls are looking to me. So now I don't just have to mother them through motherhood, right? But I also get to mother, grandmother, motherhood <laughs> to the That's littles. beautiful. And and our oldest grandson knows how much I love Jesus, and he and I just talk about the Lord all the time. We are all ministers, and and those boys don't have any concept of what their Mimi does other than they know she loves Jesus, right? And so I'm ministering to their little souls and and for anybody that we're all called to be ministers and so don't think because you don't have a platform you don't have an official ministry name jesus is calling us to be christ followers and christian and you know shannon i'm reminded of this like i've counseled people like this in many times because i've experienced it in my own life and so when i'm down on myself when i'm down and out when i'm swimming in self-pity at times right i say this i say you know what? Go minister to someone. Yeah. Because a couple of things happen there, Shannon. First of all, it gets your mind off of you. Absolutely. But the second thing that happens is as you are reaching out your hands, so to speak, to minister to somebody else, the Holy Spirit begins to flow through you mm-hmm. to the other person. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it breaks off some of those mindsets that we've been swimming in. Right. I think I just think about you and I both where we're both at in our ministries and we've been hard pressed. And um, you and Jill and Scott and I, we know the, the rigors of ministry and how that can just burden you. And there's times we just want to get in a hole and run away and say, God, I'm done. And I, I know for myself, when um, my husband was battling cancer at the worst, and I just remember saying, God, I just can't keep doing this. And the only answer I got, and it was harsh, but I can remember, and you've shared the same with me about some of your things, is God said to me, at no time did Paul ever quit teaching or preaching the gospel when he was shipwrecked, beaten, or in prison. Amen. And and it's a decision you have to make. Are you going to do it your way or are you going to do it God's way? I can guarantee you his way are not oh, our amen. way. I wish I could give you some scientific statistic, you know, because now it's all evidence-based. What's evidence-based? <laughs> Here's the evidence. God is Lord. Yes. And his ways are not our ways. <laughs> amen. But it's, it's, it's this here in Isaiah 1 that says, if you're willing and obedient, you're going to experience the best. 
But if you resist and rebel, you're going to be devoured. Right. So today as we close for the first day, today is the first day of the rest of your life. I want to challenge you with this. Are you willing to do it God's way? Because his mercies are still new every morning, whether you choose to do it his way or not. But he's asking you to come, come now, he says. Let us reason together. Maybe you just need to spend this month in January just sitting down and listening. So many times, I think in the beginning of the year, we've got our list, we've got our New Year's resolutions, and I'm going to do mm. this, 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 one, two, three, A, B, C. Maybe you just need to just continue to push pause through the winter months. I know for my, uh, I used to fast the first 36 days of every year. I used to give that as a 10% of mm. my year. And that was just a time of seeking God. Yes. Maybe I would just encourage you just to be still, come away, throw your lists out. Here's, here's a new thought. Have you ever asked God what he wants for you? Amen. Because I know me, my type A personality, I want to write the list. I'm going to do it this way, this way, this way, this way. <laughs> That's like, well, yeah, that all sounds good. But how many of us started out the new year and ended the same way we thought it would? Rarely. Rarely does that ever happen. I mean, right. I think when COVID started and all the ministry opportunities we had scheduled and everything got shut down. It God's did. probably sitting there laughing at our plans going, well, that all looks good, guys, on calendar. But here's what's about to happen. That's it. So I want to encourage you with this today. Mark, you can close this out. Is what, what would you say to that person that is struggling? They feel like they have gone too far. Yeah, and I would say this out of the book of James, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And sometimes it begins with a step, Shannon. Mm -hmm. The first day is the first step. That's good. It doesn't mean that you have to arrive today. That's it doesn't good. mean you have to arrive tomorrow, mm -hmm. but the first day is the first step. So I would encourage the listeners today, take the first step, draw nearer to God than you were yesterday, and he will draw near to you. That's a great ending, Mark. So you've been listening to Journey Living, and we invite you to tune in again next week where we've got lots more exciting stuff to encourage you on your journey with Christ.